We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Everybody and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast. As always, I'm your host Eric Bertsloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades. Joined by my faithful co-host today, Nathan Powell. What's up, Nathan? What's up, Eric? It's another Monday night. Nice to be hearing uh, your voice in my ear hole, and uh, I'm ready to talk some Dynasty football. Oh, I'm going to do some other things to your holes. Whoa. There you go. <laughs> I got Right. I don't know why I decided to take that so 11. Apologies to your kid in your car. My bad. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. That's uh, not so cool. Um, well, all right, Nathan. Uh, today we, we have a guest. Uh one of a, I think he's been on the show a couple times, um, but he's well known to the listeners at this point. And that's uh, Dan Sanio uh, of Dan. What is it? Uh, what's your writing for these days? It's ffsalamander.com forward <laughs> slash dot org. I, uh, it's a weird site. He's back, back, baby. 
I'm back. I'm surprised this microphone still works. There's a lot of dust on it. Yeah, well, I mean, Nathan's brand new one doesn't work. So, I mean, I'm assuming yours will. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's more of a Nathan thing. Oh, man. I am I am beyond happy to finally be back. It's been darn near a month. Um, for those that didn't see it on Twitter or wherever, it's been a heck of a month. Family's been nonstop sick. Um, some illnesses a little bit more severe than the others, but we're through it. We're back. We're here. And now I get to be with you guys. So that's, I mean, you can't ask for much more. Dude, it's going to be sweet. The gang's back together. The gang is back together. Which, which um, means one thing, Eric, uh, my Dan shrine, it worked. I, yeah, I can now. It only I can took now, like nine uh, weeks to make it work. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I can now retire the Dan shrine. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's, that, that's good. It, was it like the Jobu thing in Serrano's locker to help him hit curveballs? I, I don't know what that is because I'm young. Wow. Uh, but uh, yeah, can, yeah. If, you, if you remember, yeah, hey, exactly Arnold. That. It's exactly that, Dan, is what I'll say. For... <laughs> okay. But. Um, for, for the the, the use, uh, it's more like in Hey Arnold. You know how yeah. uh, the girl in Hey Arnold had the shrine to, to Arnold. That's more like what it was. Yeah, same thing. Your reference is Hey Arnold. <laughs> that's a <laughs> great show. Shows are like twenty years apart, but it's okay. <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty unreal. All right, well, let's do a quick rundown of the show, um, and then we'll dive right into it. So um, we are just going to chat through some of the uh, more uh, interesting news things. We're going to talk about the Kareem Hunt signing. We're going to talk about the impact on the other Browns running backs. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Kyler Murray being too small. I've heard I've heard rumors that that's the case. And then, uh, you know, we're going to have some fun talking about the AAF, AAF the Alliance Football League. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched that this week, but Twitter was a buzz with it. So figured we might as well touch on that. Uh, and then we're going to wrap the show. We're going to we're finish off our keep trade drop on the NFC. Uh, we did the AFC last week. If you want to go back and check that out, you can check that out. Um, and we'll wrap that up this week. But before we get into the show and let Dan do some talking, I do want to remind all the listeners that you can get a 30% off Rotoviz NFL patch for the 2019 season. It's available through the NFL podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com slash podcast. The 2019 season is around the corner. I just activated all my leagues for the, for the 2019 season. That was this week. Tell your commissions to do the same. Um, so it's, it's right around the corner. So gain unlimited access to all of Rotoviz's NFL content and tools. You get amazing value and support the podcast network in the process. So once, once again, that's rotoviz.com slash podcast. Uh, help support the show. All right, let's go ahead and get into the show here. So uh, I guess I'll kick to you, Nathan, since it just feels like I've been talking too long. So why don't you dive into the Browns running backs here? So we'll start with Kareem Hunt, the the big shaker of the news, the guy who signed after being released in November. He now signs in February before free agency begins. So kind of gets a leg up on everybody else by having the opportunity to sign, and he did that. Um, gets a one-year deal, and I believe I'm not. I'm pretty sure it's uh, contingent on the suspension, but he will be a restricted free agent in the 2020 offseason. And no one has ever been able to explain to me what a restricted free agent is and how it works. But anyways, so basically, Cream Hunt has a one to two year <laughs> a one to two year deal in Cleveland. And for me, I, I think that it's going his suspension is going to be on the lower end of things, especially with the Browns signing him this early on in the offseason. If they thought it would be like a, a year suspension or a 12 game suspension, I think this would have drawn on a little bit longer as far as where he went, when and where he would sign. Um, but 
Strictly in terms of his production and his value right now, I do think this is not certainly not the best case scenario we could have thought of. And we're talking about Tampa and Chicago and other places that would have been much more attractive due to the fact that there wasn't much running back talent in those places. But Cleveland has some of the best running back talent in the NFL with Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson. So um, just talking strictly about Hunt here, I do think that there's some obstacle to immediate playing time and immediate production because the Browns have invested a, a second round pick in Nick Chubb, a contract extension in Duke Johnson to where there's no incentive for them to put Kareem Hunt on the field other than, you know, the fact that he's probably the most talented of these three backs. So when that type of thing happens more often than not, they, that the player of the Kareem Hunt type gets underutilized. So I'm not planning on, you know, starting him in any of my leagues in, in the near future without a, at least a Duke Johnson trade, which you can talk about when we get to Duke Johnson. But basically for now, I think he's a hold. I don't think that his value really rises too much. I think it falls a little bit, if anything. Um, you know, many more people were expecting the huge bump after the free agency, but this landing spot does not do that. So just to clear up the RFA thing, Nathan, since it was a little too difficult for you, uh, that just gives the team the rights to match, basically. And if he is signed away, they are compensated for whatever the contract is. Uh, usually running backs aren't worth that much. So there's that. Um, but yeah, Kareem Hunt, man, I think I think this is just kind of a, a help him get back on his feet type of thing. I think it's more of a, uh, you know, a, a free money grab now to trade later once he gets a little bit of playing time post-suspension. Uh, we'll see what that suspension ends up being, whether he does get to play this season or if it's even before the trade deadline. So um, I think it's it's more of a move to kind of insulate their pockets a little bit for the following season. Um, and, you know, if something happens to Nick Chubb down the line, which he has been known to get injured, uh, you have all of a sudden an RB1 in that backfield. Uh, and yes, you know, like we, we said, we'll get to Duke, Duke Johnson in a little bit, but he's more of your receiving guy anyways. So I think I think there isn't an immediate boost here to Kareem Hunt, and I'm not sure that there's anything to deduct from Nick Chubb. I think this is really just a futures play and and just kind of to help him get back on his feet. Yeah, I mean, let's pivot and ask just value-wise Kareem Hunt's current value because I think I think that's a tough peg to to land right now. I mean, I'm getting offers having Hunt in a couple of places. People are trying to buy him for a late first, which I'm la- pretty much laughing out of the room at this point or at least holding my holding holding my teeth together and saying no. Um, what is the valuation for Hunt? Is that fair valuation? It feels super light to me, though. So just looking at a few of the Ryan McDowell poll- polls, uh, he pitted uh, Hunt against a few running backs. Uh, Kareem Hunt versus Josh Jacobs, 54 to 46 in favor of Hunt. Um, Kareem Hunt versus Marlon Mack, 54 to 46 in favor of Hunt. And uh, what was the other one? Kareem Hunt, Philip Lindsay, 50-50. So um, those are just a few of the guys that basically he's being valued around Philip Lindsay and Marlon Mack and Josh Jacobs. And if Josh Jacobs is being valued at, you know, the 103, 104 range, which I think a lot of people who are on that bandwagon are valuing him there, I think that might be a bit rich for Kareem Hunt right now. I would I would say in terms of rookie picks, I would value him in like the 106 to 108 range. Yeah. That seems too light to sell for me. Um, but as somebody who owns him, I just I just think we're going to look back in three years, and and his, his, this tsunami is going to have passed, and uh, and and hope and the value will will, will likely be back. So, uh, as a young player, as a guy who's shown a lot of talent, purely from a fantasy only standpoint, uh, obviously the dude's not a very good dude based off of the video, but uh, it's a guy that I really see his his value ticking up. So selling right now, I think, is a mistake. It's the safe play if you don't have a stomach for it. But if you paid 
if you paid a, a, a King's ransom for Hunt, like if you bought him when he was worth two to three first round picks and you sell him for this, I, I think you're, I think you're, you're dumping too low. Um, so for me, I think that's, I don't know those valuations. I, I, I told somebody today that I, then I realized that I wasn't going to get it, but I was like, I, I, unless you're just going to blow me out of the water with like a one one type offer, I'm not going to be moving on. Right yeah. Just, just based on the past value, I, I think it'd be too, too little to sell, but let's not, you know, let's not act like he's um, as everyone likes to say a generational talent because he's not, he was an, he was an okay to good prospect who landed in the best possible position spot he poss- he could Andy Reed running backs. I mean, forever the goat is it's, it's just the nature of the beast there. So is he a good player? Yeah. I'm not taking that away from him, but I don't think we ever see the type of production we were seeing with Kansas city a because of Andy Reed and B because of what Patrick Mahomes did. If you look at the beginning of the year, he did slow kind of start slow, but the touchdown pace was unreal as from from that view so i I think he's just a whatever running back i don't think he's ever going to get a big contract i don't think any running backs really aside from like todd Gurley or saquon barkley are going to get monster contracts and zeke probably too um but it's he wasn't he wasn't a transcendent guy for me coming out and like i said it was just a, a perfect scenario a perfect storm where he could he could shine in an offense and he did. He, and he took the bull by the horns, but then we go back and we see what Damian Williams was able to do. Even, even the other guys, Spencer Ware and Daryl Williams and, and whoever else was there, everybody, did, Williams. everybody did well when they were playing. And that's just, that's that offense. So um, as much as I would say, absolutely do not sell for like late first. I don't think it's taking honestly much more for me to pull the trigger just because he's never going to get back to that type of situation. He's never going to get back to an Andy Reid team. He's never going to – he's not going to be in, in, in like an, a super elite offense. Yeah, I mean, and that's – I think those are all very fair arguments. Uh, it's – yeah, I, I went on a buying spree. I don't know. I, I'm going to have a tough time, especially paying as much as I did for him when I bought him to to depart in that way. So talking on the flip side of that coin about Nick Chubb's valuation and what – um, this does to it. Do we? Re- I mean, we mentioned that we don't really see it as a ding. Um, I mean, Chubb's value is sky high. So, um, with another person in town potentially taking carries away, what's what are your guys' thoughts on his valuation? Did it even did it shift at all? I, I do think it, it dipped, and I did. I, I honestly didn't really even know how high his value was until I saw Ryan tweet out that he was RB seven thirteen yeah, overall in, in February, and I thought that's a bit expensive even before the Cremont signing. But as always, with when these things happen, there could be the landslide of you know people valuing from an early second to possibly like a mid to late third. And if that type of slide happens because of the cream hunt signing, I'm all over it because the cream hunt thing could very well be short term or it could not pan out at all. Who knows what, what's going to happen with, with it. So um, while I do think that the short, uh, the early second was an absurd price before and after the signing, I do think there could be a buying opportunity if someone panics, but from the early returns in the last like six hours since the news, uh, the, people aren't really panicking. They're more so saying, all right, let's watch this play out. And, uh, well, I think that um, our, the next guy, Duke Johnson, is more likely to be traded. Some people re- have been saying that this is a pure sign-in flip, which obviously they don't really have any intel on that. But a lot of people think that it's going to be a, a sign-in trade where they try and uh, trade him in season after the suspension. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that certainly seems like, a, as, as far as a team that has the capital and, and ability to make a, a move like that, that makes total sense for the Browns to do it. For sure. And, and you know, the, as far as the, the value hit, 
Um, it, it was talked about a lot on Twitter, you know, oh, we time to go buy Nick Chubb, time to go buy Nick Chubb. And I think it was Izzy that tweeted it. So props to Izzy for, 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 for tweeting it. But if everyone's now, oh, time to go buy Nick Chubb, that means that there isn't a buy low window. That means everyone's thinking the same thing, that there's an opportunity to go get this player, but there really isn't. And honestly, as much as you want the news to hurt him, it's not because we don't know that Kareem Hunt's playing. We don't know what the suspension's going to do. We don't know when it's going to be you know, put in place, all of those things. Mm-hmm. So honestly, it, it's – and maybe Nick Chubb is a little bit overvalued, but that's – you know, so a ding in his value probably gets him back to where he should be, which doesn't create a buy window. Yeah, I mean, the valuation right now is – everybody Everybody took – as 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 you know, it's just such a rare thing to see in Dynasty. Everybody going way way too far with valuations and excited. Uh, it's just it just rarely happens, but it looks like it happened with Nick Chubb. I'm just kidding. It happens literally every single time. Of- <laughs> all the time. <laughs> all literally all the time. Uh, all right, uh, and then we we touched on Duke Johnson. I, I did see a blurb on on Roto World saying that he's not expendable yet. Um, I I don't know. I think people are reading too much into that one, but I, I don't think Duke Johnson was ever the answer, but. Um, I don't know. You guys, you guys are Duke, Duke Johnson truthers. This might he might be the actual buy if you really think Kareem Hunt's a, a buy and flip. Yeah, I mean Duke Johnson was current uh, was drafted at like RB forty three in January, and certainly that's going to fall uh, in the March ADP. Obviously, February's already been drafted. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a big Duke Johnson fan. I think that he can be the prototypical receiving back, the running back to an NFL offense. That might be the case in an NFL offense that has Kareem Hunt and. Uh, Nick Chubb, obviously, but um, sorry, shit. Hold on, it's okay. It's okay. Why don't you no, just I, curse I, I, randomly someone... on the no expletive show that we have? Duck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, he said duck. That's right. Look out. Yeah. So I, obviously, I, I don't. I don't think that Duke Johnson is going to serve as the RB three behind uh, Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt for long. I think that there's some sort of trade, whether it be Hunt or whether it be. Uh, Duke Johnson, I think these two talents to be running back three in the NFL. Definitely, right. and he's like we like you said, he's the prototypical receiving back, and and even in his time in Cleveland, he's basically played wide receiver, uh, and on a team that has limited wide receiver talent with Jarvis Landry and Antonio Callaway. Now, if you want to throw Rashard Higgins into that mix, great. Um, but Duke Johnson can be a really good receiving back, especially if they're going to start running any two back sets, uh, because. I mean that's that's free money right there. You got you got a little quick scat back, and you've got either Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt, whoever is going to end up be playing, whoever somebody gets hurt, whatever it happens to be, blah blah blah. If you have him out there with the other back, you have now two good pass catchers plus the okay receiving core, which I'm imagining they're going to add to. So I, I just think I think this Browns offense is is going to continue to be relatively dynamic as Baker Mayfield grows, as the coaching staff grows, and kind of gets you know more used to how things work. Um, I think when we started this portion of it, Eric, when you said Duke Johnson might be the buy low here, I really think he is the buy low here because everyone's going to write him off. They've been writing him off and he continues to put out decent, not great, but decent fantasy numbers. Uh, obviously just this last year when he was kind of cast out until, until things kind of switched around a little bit. Well, what's the valuation you're doing, Dan? Is it a late second is what you're praying for? Um, I mean, if I'm buying, it's probably... I mean, I'm I'm probably throwing around most seconds to go get him, and maybe not like the top few. But honestly, if you can get him for a second, I think that's I think that's a nice a nice return. 
Okay. Um, all right, Nathan, anything else to add before we pivot here? Let's pivot. pivot. All right. It brings me great joy to say pivot and have, have uh, Dan <laughs> hop back in with the pivot, the, the Ross Geller pivot. Ah, it's beautiful. All right. Let's talk through a uh, uh, prospect that could just be playing games with our heart. Um, that's a Backstreet Boys reference there for you. Uh, I don't know if you remember them, Nathan. You're probably like an embryo at that point. Listen, Backstreet, Backstreet Boys is still bangs, so there's, there's that. That's true. They most certainly do. Uh, all right. So uh, let's talk about Kyler Murray, uh, quarterback uh, out of Missouri. Or no, not Missouri. Where is Kyler at? Um, Oklahoma. Thinking, yeah, Same thing. Like, uh, thinking Same of Drew Locke, sorry. Um, Oklahoma. Um, and he's uh, he's originally was supposed to be a lock, if, if you're not paying close attention, to go to the baseball dra- baseball MLB draft. And as he was already drafted in the baseball draft. Correct. And he was drafted in the first round by the A's. Uh, so they spent a lot of capital, and it looks like he might be having a change of heart here. So it's not uh, might; it's official. He, um, you might have missed the official tweet where he said, "I'm done with baseball." Well, yeah, okay, we'll see. Um, until he gets paid like thirty-two million dollars a year to play baseball, that's like. not exactly legal, but you know. All right. Anyways, keep it going. All right, all right. So okay, so he's a sure thing. So let's talk about him. I, I there's all sorts of rumors swirling, and um. I guess let's go ahead and uh, and I'll, I'll kick to you, Nathan. I guess what what are you, what are your takes on him being, if we assume officially in the NFL draft and and being on the NFL boards? As a card carrying member of draft capital, and as many people are projecting him to be a top ten NFL draft pick, and of course the you know running quarterback Konami code things of the like, I, I think I'm going to end up with quite a few shares of Kyler Murray. Uh, also, he had the the highest um, AYA. And college football history, which I'm a big fan of AYA as a relation to uh, draft prospects. So I'm going to be high on Kyler Murray, not as high as Dwayne Haskins, because I do think he's more of a pure passer, uh, unlike Stephen A. Smith. Um, but <laughs> I saw that. That best, was one of the worst. Best running quarterback in, the, in college football, averaging like two yards per carry. Yeah, so – but. I, I do think that those two are getting closer. I think that the Haskins Murray gap was a little bit larger, but uh, as we started the process, but as we, you know, starting to enter the combine, things like that, I think that Murray will inch closer towards uh, Dwayne Haskins. And I think both end up being top seven picks. And so um, I'll be a fan of Murray in the first round of Superflex drafts. And I think he's a solid like end of the second, early third in, in one QB. Where do you speculatively think he's going to go? I think that his floor is the Dolphins at 13, but I think it's more likely he goes six or seven to the Giants or Jacks. Yeah, the Gi- the Giants are spinning saying they don't want him. So if yeah, you believe which, which, which you means read. they love him. <laughs> yeah, if you believe what you read, that is. But I mean, if if Jacksonville goes out and gets Foles, I mean, you're talking about you're you're probably talking about the Broncos or somebody trading up to get him. Yeah, Kyler, um, Kyler. I, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be really good. I think. Um, the, you know, the, the stats that Nathan alluded to when you, when you can do that and, and, you know, only be what, like five ten or whatever he is, that's, that's impressive. You know, that's, that it just kind of brings up, you know, the, the Drew Brees type talk, obviously the, the mobility is a little bit different. Uh, you know, the Baker Mayfield comps are probably going to be there, that kind of stuff. Um, I, it, for me, he's, he's my quarterback one. Um, I, I'm not sure that it's close. When I look at Dwayne Haskins, I see like a mediocre version of Teddy Bridgewater in college. Um, it, you know, and it is what it is. People like different things that they see and, and Haskins can be good. He had very good games and he had a lot of really bad ones. Um, Kyler Murray, you know, yes, he did play at Alabama, but we've seen what other quarterbacks do at Alabama and they haven't been very good. 
he was lights out. I mean, he was or not not Alabama, uh, Oklahoma. Sorry. Yeah, neither um, of us can get it right here, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> you said Missouri. I said Alabama. Um, yeah, I mean, it, so the, the bat comp changes. Then I was thinking Tua for some reason. Um, so yeah, I mean, Kyler Kyler's going to be special. I think. I think he's. I think he's going to end up being the top quarterback from this class in the long run. I think Haskins gets drafted first because the Giants will be looking for quarterback and he's really the only option outside of Kyler to take that highly. Uh, but I would absolutely love to see him go to the Jaguars, Jag, Jaguars, Jag, Jaguars. Um, I think that one makes a lot of sense for what they're trying to do. And, and then that brings back the passing portion of that offense, which now seems to be getting slightly better. Maybe question mark. Cool. All right. So Dan, before we move on to our game, quick uh, rookie or the Devi uh, Haskins today or Herbert next year? Uh, Herbert easy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I think that there's the the upside of taking the guy a year early and the guy who's going to he's obviously faster than Herbert, not by a long shot, but he's he is faster. And I think that Herbert's the better quarterback, but I do like the getting the year early thing with the quarterbacks. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean that's the 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 extra year of points, uh, especially at the quarterback position, is is massive. Um, that's that really can't go unsaid. However, I still don't love him. Um, it, it's going to need time to grow, so that first year probably isn't going to be all that great, and you're probably not going to be starting him. Whereas when Herbert comes into this into the league, uh, if he continues kind of to you know move upwards, he had kind of a rocky season. But I think he, I think he does, he does kind of bounce back, and I think he ends up being a, a, you know, a pretty solid quarterback in the league. Whereas Haskins seems, he seems more likely to flop than to hit. Uh, not, I mean, that's maybe not be fair to say, but he just, I don't see longevity there. All right. Well, before we get into the game, anything you guys want to talk about with uh, the Alliance League that we watched here, Trent Richardson uh, chatter? Anybody? No. It's fun to see. It's honestly, it's fun to look back and see some of those some of those names from rookie drafts. Where it was like, oh, I'm loading up on that guy in the third and in the fourth rounds of rookie drafts. Like knowing that they weren't going to be anything, but the potential was there. You know, you, obviously Trent Richardson isn't one of those guys, but like your Terrell Watsons and and guys like that is like seeing them on these rosters and maybe not getting a ton of playing time, but just seeing those names again is is a little bit nostalgic. It's kind of fun. Uh, I think. I think minor league football is is a very good thing. Uh, I think it'll make a lot more sense when they start allowing um, guys in the NFL to play during their off season and and get better and learn. Obviously, there's you know the injury risk and whatnot, but right. when you have when you have you know practice squad guys or you know fourth stringers that aren't ever playing and they're never getting reps, you can't develop people that way. As much as coaches think that they can develop these guys on the practice field, you can't. You need in game reps, uh, and I think. I think the AAF and next year with the XFL, we'll see what they bring. Um, but I think both programs could end up being really good developmental programs. And I think maybe, honestly, cross my fingers for the near future, um, linking with the NFL in some sort of you know uh, development league, however you want to call it. Yeah, the, the AFL is interesting just because like, seeing all those fringe guys that you fell in love with, like the Stephen Hills of the world that you're like, right. Oh, now he's on a roster. I love that guy. Crap. I'm dumb. Uh, but it's, it's something that makes me a little bit jealous. I saw Scott fish tweeting about uh, all of his AAF uh, dynasty or uh, fantasy leagues that he was starting this year. Uh, and that really, I actually watching the games. I was like, Oh, I wish I had decided to do that. That would have been fun. Uh, 
Because yeah, no, Scott, Scott really wanted me in, and then when I saw like a bunch of the big hitters, and I was like, maybe I should have done it, but I was like, no, I, I, I'm too invested in IC spend any time thinking about the um, alliance of a, athletic football. All right, fair enough. Well, yeah, it was fun. I mean, I, I, I hope it does continue to to grow. I think they were announcing they're looking for new locations for teams, but it's it's the type of league that the fringe, uh, a fringe type NFL that's still exciting to watch, and and it almost has that college feel to it where people aren't quite as good. Um, so it allows for a lot of the things you don't see in the NFL to happen more regularly that are sometimes enjoyable to watch. So, um, okay, well, let's go ahead and, uh, and, and pivot over to keep trade, trade drop, 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 keep trade, drop, 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 <laughs> NFC edition. See, why do we, we, we don't even need drops in this show. Cause we just make our own drops. Like Nathan <laughs> and I drops. sing for rookie and the vet. Uh, keep trade drop. We do our own echoes. That echo is not actually brought into the show. That's our own echo that we're. Creating. I'm sure they're very surprised by that. Eric. It sounded. It sounded like it came straight out of a studio, though. Let's I know. No, no, I know exactly. And that music behind me. That was just. <laughs> that was just like Eric Church radio on my Alexa. All right. What? Speaking of Eric Church, let's go to the South. We're going to start with the wow. NFC South. Wow. <laughs> let's a round of applause for Nathan. That was. <laughs> That was that was one hundred and one segue right there. Yeah, that's great. I, I'm yeah. into it. You know, the best way to ruin a segue is by complimenting the segue. Uh, <laughs> I'm so. Sorry, it was too good. Yeah, no. If, some, if there was a Titan on this list right here, that would have been amazing. We we're talking about <laughs> Nashville. There you go. All right, NFC South. Uh, we're going to start with OJ Howard of the Buccaneers, Devonta Freeman of the Falcons, and DJ Moore of the Panthers. Dan, lead us off. Well, I think I think my keep is the biggest upside, um, and that's DJ Moore. As much as I love OJ Howard, I think DJ Moore does have a bright future in front of him. He looked very good this year. Uh, we'll continue to see him grow with Cam Newton in what's become kind of a nice offense with uh, Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel kind of coming up. We'll see what they do uh, on the outskirts, adding other wide receivers. Uh, if Ian Schultz can um, withstand that Greg Olson role. Um, so I think I think DJ Moore is going to be uh, with Christian McCaffrey a center point in a, a, a you know a main role in that offense and I think he's he's due for um, just kind of keep keep doing well. Um, my trade is probably OJ Howard just because you know it, everyone seems to still really like him. I love him, um, and the only reason he's my trade is because I think you can get more value from OJ Howard than you can from Devonta Freeman. Everyone seems to think that he died. Uh, and he may have, I'm still not sure. I haven't checked the old bits recently, but (laughs) you can't get anything for him. I, I tried all season on my contenders where I had him and I couldn't flip him for anything of use. It was, it was a real struggle. So I think he's, he's my drop here. Um, just because of, of the value just dive. Yeah, that's, I'll, 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 think i'll just follow follow you dan i'm gonna go with i'll i'll keep more yeah i'll keep it's the right i think it's exactly right though uh i'll keep i'll keep more i'll trade howard just because i think his valuation is high and and freeman i i want i just don't want any part of right now it's brutal all right just for the sake of differentiation i will keep oj howard 
I will trade DJ more because I think you get a little bit more from, from more than you can for Howard. And tight end is such a mess that if you can find a dependable guy, I think Howard is going to be a dependable guy in the next few years. I mean, obviously starting this year. Uh, and then drop Devonta Freeman because you simply can't get any value out of him in a trade. And there's the worry that, you know, concussions might end to be the one thing that ends his, ends his career. All right, let's move on to the NFC North. This one will be running backs. Dalvin Cook of the Vikings, Carrion Johnson of the Lions, and Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers. Eric Burtzlaff, go. Um, so I'll keep I'll keep Cook. Just I think his valuation's pretty close to right right now. Um, and there's not a whole bunch of hype around him. Um, not any more than usual. So I'll keep Cook. Uh, and I think he'll he'll be coming back on a rebound season this year. Um, I'll trade Johnson just as I think he's his valuation is is pretty high up there. It's actually very close to Dalvin Cook, so he's the type of player that you'll find somebody who who likes him and he's young. Um, and as painful as it is, I guess I'll drop Aaron Jones, but that's it, it hurts. I actually like all three of these guys, so dropping Aaron Jones, I have all three on a ton of teams, and dropping Aaron Jones hurts a decent bit. Yeah, I shifted off of Dalvin Cook a little bit with the DeFilippo thing, um, and that really hurt because they moved on from him really, really quickly. And then when we saw what you know the offense could do with someone else who decided to use running backs, so I think I think Dalvin is the absolute keep here. Uh, I think he's very easily an RB one, no questions asked, and he's very um, affordable too. I mean, he's currently he's currently in the third round of startups, like. I don't know for like a bell cow running back. That's that's pretty cheap. Yeah, I, I imagine as time goes, he'll start to slide up a little bit once people realize that you know this isn't the this isn't the offense that we saw at the beginning of last year. It's not going to be throw 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 throw. Right. Um, they're going to oh. stick to running the ball because that's Ooh, what Mike Zimmer wants. <laughs> and we got an angry Frank. Um, and I think I think you have it right here. Um, but just despite everyone, all of the listeners. I'm going to trade Aaron Jones because I can, and I want to, uh, even though he has significantly less value than the other two, as he should, that's going to be my trade and carry on Johnson as much as I like him. My only option remaining is to drop. Um, we'll see what Detroit does. I feel like he's going to be more useful, but dear God, please stop with the Larry Garrett blunt garbage. <laughs> All right, I'll go next and I'm going to go with keep Dalvin cook. I'm going to trade Kerryon Johnson, and I'm going to drop Aaron Jones. I, I do think the guys, guys are all pretty similar in value. Yeah. I think that Cook has the highest floor and ceiling of these three, so that's why he's the keep. And I think Jones probably has a higher ceiling than Kerryon, but I think that for the most part, Kerryon's locked to that RB1 role in Detroit. I wouldn't be surprised if Green Bay flirts with a running back in the draft or in free agency. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll keep Dalvin, cut Aaron Jones, and trade Kerryon Johnson. How dare you dismiss Jamal Williams like that? Unbelievable! Oh, he's bad, dude. He's hey, real bad. You watch it. Yeah, I, you haven't been on the show to defend him, but it's there's now a consensus on the podcast that he's not good. Look, I get it. Aaron Jones is, is explosive. <laughs> it's sexier to watch him play. I and get like better it. at football. Yeah, no, it's all. They're going to continue to put Jamal Williams on the field for absolutely no reason, and I love it. <laughs> I mean, Jamal Williams is a nice little hedge too. I mean, it's, it's somebody who's like free right now. That's a player that having on your roster couldn't hurt. Now, granted, will he be on your roster in two years? Probably not because he's not going to be in the league. But uh, Wow. 
he's not built for that kind of offense. That's that's a not that, that's not the right offense for him. You need a ground and pound type offense for Jamal Williams to work. He's a north south runner, where Aaron Jones is your more scat back, which works perfectly with Aaron Rodgers because he can just dump it off all the time, or they can just run like whatever those little quick draw plays are that like i don't know i don't know what they're called i'm oh i haven't been right. here for a while i've lost all it right. terrific he's a football it's a it's an egg-shaped ball you're gonna love it Wait, okay let's head? uh let's let's move on and let's talk about the west here um our keep trade drops are george kittle of the 49ers robert woods of the rams and josh rosen Oh, the Cardinals. Who and we're assuming a super flex format here, just valuation wise. Um, I'll kick to Nathan. All right, let's start off with I'm going to keep the Golden Boy, Josh Rosen. Um, I feel like he is being undervalued this offseason. And you know, who knows? Maybe there might be some trade rumors involving uh possibly Kyler Murray going to Arizona, Rosen possibly going elsewhere. But I don't think it matters either way. I think Rosen is still a low end QB one uh by the time this time next year. And I'm believing in his talent. I'm going to cut George Kittle. I don't – I mean, yes, he had one of the best tight end seasons ever. So maybe there's a little reason for excitement after his 2018 season. But – and I just said that I like O.J. Howard because tight ends are so bad. But I think we had temporary excitement with Kittle. Some people were taking him in the second round of startups. I don't quite get that. And so I'm going to drop Kittle, and then I'm going to trade Robert Woods. Um, similar to how I talked about um, – there's always, always being the contender guy who's going to overpay for the veterans. Find that guy who's going to overpay for a veteran and trade him Robert Woods. And so uh, that's that's my my take. take uh, keep Rosen, trade Woods, drop Kittle. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to go a different path. That's I, the wrong uh, take. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to keep um, the man who was once called Jared Goff's binky uh, by the great Scott Fish. Uh, and that's Robert Woods, big Robert Woods guy here. Uh, even though I think he's got the second highest value of the group, uh, he is my keep. Um, I just I see him continuing to produce. Uh, I'm going to trade George Kittle because good Lord has that price skyrocketed. I mean, and, and not like it shouldn't have because he had an unbelievable season with absolutely no one at quarterback um, and for some reason that Shanahan offense decided to use a tight end probably because it's the only good player. So, uh, I think, I think Kittle, you can get a big return on right now, especially at tight end. Uh, and yes, it is nice to have that one tight end to to count on. And, um, as much as you want to say, you know, positional advantage, I think we're getting a little bit deeper at tight end, not a lot deeper, not as comfortable as we are now at quarterback. Whereas not that long ago, we were struggling to get a bunch of quarterbacks. So, uh, I think I think trading Kittle now is is a good move. Getting yourself into a, a, an equally valued wide receiver, or maybe trading trading down just slightly, um, or packaging up whatever works for you. And I'm going to drop Josh Rosen again, just because it's my only option remaining. I I do like Josh. I think he continues to grow. Whoa, first uh, I mean, name, first name, uh, Josh, huh? Yeah, we we're buds. Um, I think he I think he does well with Cliff. I think that makes a lot of sense. So. Hopefully we see him kind of bounce back because he looked like like doo-doo for a while. I, I do want to ask you, Dan, because I'm unaware of this, but where like we're in like a good tight end era right now. Like I feel like the tight ends are just poo-poo after the top three. 
Well, I mean, it's it, there's depth as far as ability goes, and and people kind of like talk down on Eric Ebron or even Jack Doyle in that offense. But Andy's going to continue to put out two decent tight ends. You still have OJ Howard, you still have Evan Ingram, you still have David Njoku, and then you have your top three in um, in Ertz, uh, Kelsey, and Kittle. Plus, you still have a half zombie version of Gronk, which is probably still a top ten tight end. And then you have the emergence of guys like Ian Schultz at the end of the season, who's probably going to play into a tight who's end Ian one Schultz? role. Is that Dalton Schultz and Ian Thomas combined? Oh, God. What did I just do? Yeah, See, I, I actually was like, Ian I don't Thomas. know this guy. <laughs> he must have emerged Thomas. so late. I mean, you've been watching too much AFL. They're, or the, same, they're the same guy, just played for two different teams. Uh, yes, Ian, <laughs> Ian Thomas, uh, Carolina Panthers. I think, I think he moves up, and then you still have like Hunter Henry. Um, who is going to be a tight end one? Just again because of that offense. I think you have, I think you have a good, you know, top ten or twelve that's going to put up nice numbers. Not, not like elite numbers. Your top three are going to put up the elite numbers. But uh, I think we're relatively deep, as, as definitely in a talent pool right now. Plus, we're bringing in a couple more um, in Fant and Hawkinson. Uh, I think both of those guys can be early contributors at the tight end position. Um, and then you get the guys kind of just on the perimeter, you know, your, your Trey Burton's who could potentially explode. You're even a little bit further down and like RSJ and ASJ, both of those guys kind of had a rough go of it with injuries and whatnot, but they were on the up and up. They were starting to produce uh, and things did not go their way. Um, I think tight ends, I think tight ends making a little bit of a comeback here. I mean, just to rationalize to what Eric is thinking, uh, Trey Burton was the tight end six and scored 79 PPR points. That's yes. not good. So, yes. Uh, <laughs> and also, Eric Ebron is currently on this list. I mean, like, it's just, it doesn't feel good to stick any of these guys other than this top three in your starting lineup, is what I'm getting at. All right, let's move on to the NFC East with a trio of wide receivers. We'll start with Golden Tate, Philadelphia Eagles, Michael Gallup, Dallas Cowboys, and Sterling Shepard, New England, New York Giants. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start us off here. Whoa, and, I didn't even get to go last time. Can I? Can can I? Oh, uh, can, oh, I then, can I at least go first in this one? Well, no. Fin- do your do your NFC West one. Jeez, push, push, push. It's over. It's over. It's over. I want George Kittle. Is what I will say in that one. Um, and then the rest I don't really care about. Okay, I'm, I'm going first. Then Nathan, I'm going first right now in the East. You're not going to get to take it away from me. You're not going to get to do this on the show that Dan's back. All right, I need a couple minutes to think. Uh, do you want to go ahead? Dan? <laughs> he said, "Go ahead, Dan." Oh, um, this I think one. He I'm kidding. I am kidding, but it's cool. I'm going to go ahead, Dan. I'm stealing it from you too. We're just going to go now. No. Take it back. No take back. <laughs> All right, no, for real, Dan. Now go. Now I'm just right. freaking you guys out. This is amazing. <laughs> this is such bad radio. I love it. <laughs> We can cut all that out. No, um, we're keeping it all in. Two guys I really like in Michael Gallup and Sterling Shepard. Obviously, the Amari Cooper edition in Dallas. Um, you know that, that that pushes Gallup down quite a bit, but he's still an explosive playmaker. And we saw what Dak could do with uh, someone else that knows how to catch the ball and an offense that started to use them correctly. So I think we see Dallas move towards um you know being being a little bit more pass happy now that especially now that Zeke's catching passes too that's that's big time but it's between him he and uh you know the 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 goat shepherd himself Mr. Sterling uh that's a tough one because that's that's one of my guys he's continued to produce even though you know last year was kind of a struggle bus and everyone just kind of wants to write him off he 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 has continued touchdowns you know success and 
And, you know, the, the yards are okay and, and puts up decent catch numbers. But uh, I think I have to keep Sterling Shepard here. Um, and then I think Gallup's probably my trade just because his youth and upside probably has a little bit more value. Um, I just don't like Golden Tate at this point. I think he's just about just about washed. Um, so I think he's my drop. Yeah, Dan, I'm sad I let you go first because you just sniped all my takes, so that's (laughs) fine. Um, I'm pretty much exactly on board with you. I think that Shepard's the hold here. I think Gallup um, still has a lot of value right now um, with how highly he was drafted last season. Didn't really show well. He shows to be mildly productive with with Cooper in, but I really don't see him being anything more than like a wide receiver three, if not even worse than that, um, moving forward. So he's the kind of guy that like, it, get get the value while you can. I think they'll go find a better option. And then, yeah, Tate's dead to me. I'll basically be Mr. Wonderful. He's dead to me. All right. I'll wrap us up since we started this whole nonsense. Uh, keep Sterling Shepard. I think we're all in agreement there. And I think that you're more likely to find someone who is a super fan of Golden Tate in your league than there is someone who is super high on Michael Gallup. So I'm, I'm going to find that person and sell Golden Tate for the 111. And then I'm going to drop Michael Gallup. All right, hold on before before we wrap. Let's let's do a uh, 2018 rookie keep trade drop just because Michael Gallup's here, and now we have a couple of other interesting options. Um, so Michael Gallup, Antonio Callaway, or potentially let's see what happens with Antonio Brown, James Washington. Nathan, your thoughts? Uh, I believe I believe we did this last show. Uh, without, oh, did you really? Yeah. We, well, we, if you had listened, Dan, <laughs> we we had Cal- Callaway and. Um, and Washington in one of the keep trade drops. But I, I mean, I guess I'd, I'd keep Washington. I'd uh, trade Gallup and I'd drop uh, Callaway. Interesting. Yeah. And, and I think we, I think we both talked about how Washington is a player that we're really targeting right now, just from a, just from a keeping standpoint. I think he's, he's kind of still under people's radar. That guy who has him, I feel like you could get for a decent price tag, at least what he was, he was, uh, drafted for so yeah I, I think i'm i think i'm on board with nathan's take there and then yeah we talked about callaway really i don't know he's okay i did callaway's the kind of guy that I'm, i might i might trade gallop and drop callaway would be would maybe be the way i would go about it interesting that's what i said oh sorry then i'll then i'll just agree with nathan what he said <laughs> is exactly right yeah, that's. Uh, are you still comping James Washington to AJ Green like you were last offseason? <laughs> yeah, I'm basically the Stephen A. Smith of this show. Is I guess what I'm trying to say. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a great, he's a great running back. He's a good passer of the ball. Well, maybe. We're talking about a wide receiver. Okay, he's a big uh, guy. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not my proudest moment. Thanks, Dan, for bringing that back up. That's great. Well, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's my back it's on the it's show. Hey, I had to bring something up. All right. All well, right. is there, uh, I guess on that note, we'll wrap the show up. Um, is there anything you wanted to plug before we let you go there, Dan? Uh, make sure you check out all my content on ffsalamander.com slash org. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm very, very happy to be back. Um, my uh, my family is happy and healthy, and uh, and I appreciate all the support from everybody. I got a lot of well wishes and, and whatnot. Obviously, no one passed away or anything crazy like that happened, but uh, we were on the struggle bus there for a bit, so I appreciate y'all sticking with me. Uh, I will definitely be more active on Twitter. I'm hoping to get back into a little bit more writing and obviously plan on being on the podcast here uh, significantly more. So we'll uh, we'll stick with that stuff. All right, excellent. I'll wrap the show on something. I'm currently in negotiations with a coworker of mine. Oh boy, in trade, and he's 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 got awful at making me trade offers. <laughs> so he he's he offered me Zach Ertz 
for my Nick Chubb in a second, which I told him, no, thank you. That's not even close. And then I counter, he's like, well, make me a counter. So then I counter him and I, and I get, and I offer him Chubb for Aaron Jones, Ertz and a second. And he's, and he scoffs me out of the room on that one. So I, I just tell me that that's not that crazy of an offer. It is when the original offer was Ertz for Chubb plus. <laughs> no, 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 no. Erroneous on what his garbage offer was to start. I'm talking about the, the counter offer is I actually like the Chubb side of the deal, I think, when I look at it. But you take the second out, it's probably not that bad. Yeah. Then that was where I was, I was planning to go there, but he scoffed it out. He just he just laughed at it. So yes, you're exactly right, Nathan. So take that, John Olson. Take that. Luckily his name's, you know, like not that specific, so you can't look him up. But sounds like yeah. a dude. Being honest, oh, he's coming at me with these trade offers. Uh, yeah, hopefully they they have it on in the uh, in the Colorado Springs office of our of our office tomorrow, and they can hear the show. John, it's a garbage offer, and then my trade offer back was reasonable. Deal with it. All right. <laughs> That's all I got. Uh, what, a way to, what a way to end the show. Yeah, no, come at me, bro. Come at me. Eric's ready to fight. Nathan's just trying to leave, and. Uh... Yeah. I'm just happy to be here. I'm I'm pumped. You, Damn, you can stop the show whenever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, make sure you leave five star ratings and reviews on the on on anywhere you listen to the show. I also noticed that we can be searched on Spotify, which is pretty sweet. I know that that's just like probably common knowledge, but it was something that I found our show on that I thought was pretty cool. Um, so make sure you leave a ratings and reviews. They really help us. Um, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends about it. Uh, it's the off season, and we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be doing this for love. We're not gonna have sponsors um, quite as much as we normally do. So. So uh, for the love of the game this offseason for the most part. So uh, make sure you spread it around and, and get us listeners during the season as well. So on that note, I will wrap up the show. Nathan, anything to say? Kadoosh. And? Pivot. All right, we're out of here. We'll get next week, y'all. Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Technology Truths. Brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth. Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis. How was the birthday party? Pizza slice, kitten, soccer ball, Pineapple? Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. What are you talking about? Paperclip, shoulder shrug, high five, wizard hat? What? Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.